In the holy name of Jesus, amen. The problem with love is that there are no guarantees. Back in January, there was an essay in the New York Times Modern Love column entitled, To Fall in Love with Anyone, Do This. Mandy Catron, a writing professor, described her experience with an experiment designed by a psychologist more than 20 years ago. It was an attempt to generate a set of questions that two strangers could ask each other in order to create an intimate relationship. And by most accounts, the experiment was a success. In fact, two of the original participants wound up getting married. The whole principle, as Mandy Catron describes it, is like being a frog in slowly heating water. The questions become more and more personal and interpersonal, and soon you find yourself communicating with someone as though you've known them forever. Mandy's essay told the story of how she and an acquaintance asked each other these 36 questions on a whim and found themselves quickly falling in love. She gained a lot of attention for her essay in the New York Times, and very recently she gave a TED Talk largely in response to a question that has been posed to her over and over again the last nine months. That question... Are the two of you still together? What's most interesting about her talk, and the whole experiment in general, is revealed when Mandy describes her reasons for pursuing the subject in the first place. This is what she said. I first came across this study when I was 29, and I was going through a really difficult breakup. I had been in the relationship since I was 20, and I had no idea how or if I could make a life without him. So I turned to science. I researched everything I could find about the science of romantic love, and I think I was hoping that it might somehow inoculate me from heartache. I hoped that if I armed myself with the knowledge of romantic love, I might never have to feel as terrible and lonely as I did then. And all this knowledge has been useful in some ways. I'm more patient with love, I'm more relaxed, I'm more confident about asking for what I want. But I can also see myself more clearly. And I can see that what I want is sometimes more than can reasonably be asked for. What I want from love is a guarantee. Not just that I am loved today and will be loved tomorrow, but that I will continue to be loved by the person I love indefinitely. Maybe it's this possibility of a guarantee that people were really asking about when they wanted to know if we were still together. In making these observations, Mandy Catron pinpoints the root of the problem with love. And this is true of all relationships, even non-romantic ones. The problem with love is this. There are no guarantees. We, by nature, are really good at making promises and even better at breaking them. That's why marriage is such a big deal. 
Marriage brings together all the various dimensions of a relationship and packages them into a set of promises that are very, very hard to keep, to have and to hold for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish. The single concession that we grant in these promises is the very last line, till death us do part. Even if you manage to keep all those promises in life, you can't keep them in death. Death is finally the end of all promises, the end of every guarantee, and a certain source of heartache and loneliness. So whether promises are broken simply out of laziness or bad intentions, or finally death, This is the root of the problem with love. There are no guarantees. Instead, there's hardness of heart, and there's divorce, and there's the separation of what God has joined together, and finally there's the end of all promises. And so you might wonder, what's the point? If all of this is true, what good are promises? What good is love anyway? One thing you may notice when you read through the scriptures is that God frequently talks about his relationship to his people as a marriage. It's an intimate relationship defined by his self-giving love, and it's a union that even involves God taking on human flesh. At every turn in the history of the world, God has said to his bride, I promise to be faithful to you. And at every turn, his people have responded in kind with the very same promise and then promptly broken that promise. It's because we're really good at making promises, but even better at breaking them. And so again, you might wonder, what's the point? What good are promises? What good is love? By chapter 10 in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus has already twice told his disciples that he would suffer and die and rise from the dead. And later on in this chapter, he tells them the very same thing a third time, but they didn't understand what he meant. What Jesus meant was this. By dying and rising, he was going to solve the problem of love. He was going to solve the problem of broken promises. He was going to solve the problem of death. And he would do it by taking on himself the consequences of sin. He would suffer on the cross and die and be buried in a grave, and it would seem that he was just another fellow who was really good at making promises and even better at breaking them. And it would seem that God had finally given up on his promise of faithfulness. But then Jesus rose from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, Jesus became the first person who could make a promise that wouldn't end in death. There would be no till death us do part any longer. His promises withstood death 
and left it behind. And his love comes with a guarantee. The very flesh and blood that had been given on the cross are the unbreakable pledge of his love, which he gives to you every time you're here. And all of this means wonderful things for you and for me who are very good at making promises and even better at breaking them. It means that in marriage and in friendship and among family, we can forgive broken promises because all of our broken promises have been forgiven. Here in the church, when we commit ourselves to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, as the body of Christ, to suffer with one another and to love each other, it seems like we're really hoping for something that's unattainable. And when couples stand up at marriage and swear to keep the promises that they're making, even to the point of death, it seems impossible. But Christ has redeemed us from hard-heartedness. And he has proven that in him forgiveness and promises and love can overcome even death. Christ has redeemed us from all of our broken promises. Christ has set us free. He has set you free to love and to be loved because now there is a guarantee. You don't have to worry about inoculating yourself from heartache because in the body and blood of Jesus you are loved not just today and not just tomorrow, but indefinitely. In the holy name of Jesus, Amen.